You know what I'm talking about? In this kitchen, we dance. In this kitchen, we dance. Oh, wake up, wake up, rethink the status quo. When you get your money right, then you're the one who runs your life. Come build a wealthy spirit with Sammy and Michelle. People think taking a sabbatical is so easy. Wow. They think you just sit around all day. How hard is it? No respect. No respect at all. Because taking a sabbatical is not as easy as it looks. And I'm not talking about the initial preparation for a sabbatical, which people may say is objectively somewhat difficult and requires adequate planning. The sabbatical itself, the relaxation, doesn't come easy. And sometimes it's nice to have some structures in place to make sure that things go smoothly. Sam, you know that this is a topic that is near and dear to my heart because I think that if you end up on a work break, if you end up on a work break for any reason, if it's by choice, if you're retiring, if you're taking a sabbatical, a lot of people recently lost their job. I saw companies like Amazon, Google, these tech companies did another round of layoffs. And you might be in a situation where you're able to actually extend that time off. But there's a lot of anxieties that pop up when you're taking a break. A lot of times we're not used to it. It can be unexpected. Or even if we plan for it, we don't really think about how can I make this a really positive experience that brings me a lot of peace as well. Today, Michelle and I are going to talk about the seven habits of a highly effective sabbatical. Gala sabbaticovies. Let's get into it. First, I'm so excited to talk about our partner today, AirHelp. AirHelp is so, so helpful for people in our Build a Wealthy Spirit community because most of you are probably traveling by plane at some point. And unfortunately, with the way things are right now, flights are getting delayed and canceled out of nowhere. It happened to Sammy and I three different times just in this past year. And the thing is, depending on where you live, the US, Europe, Brazil, you may have air passenger rights if the flight is delayed an obscene amount, if it's completely canceled out of nowhere, you actually can be entitled to some compensation. What AirHelp does is they will actually take your flight information and they will go fight the fight for you to see if you are entitled to some compensation, which I love because the last time I was on the phone with the airlines, I was on hold forever. And you know I have time, okay? I will wait it out. You can't really find the right person to help you and they want you to do all this paperwork. And after a certain point, you're like, ah, I guess who cares? AirHelp cares. AirHelp will help you and you only pay them if they are actually able to get you some compensation. So if you are listening to this and you have flown in the past three years and you have had a canceled flight or a flight that was delayed for a few hours, highly recommend go to the link in our show notes and fill out the form with AirHelp. They can actually go and see if there's anything they can do to help you and put more money back into your pocket. Back to today's topic, seven habits of a highly effective sabbatical. Michelle, you know what I think is the number one habit when it comes to a highly effective sabbatical? I have a feeling, Sammy, that your number one is the same as my number one. If you're thinking sleep. Oh, yes, I am. Then we are thinking of the same number one. I am thinking of sleep. People, sleep is important. Sleep is important. We know sleep is important. But sleep changes when you go on your sabbatical. I have been the type of person who probably baseline requires eight or nine hours of sleep. I am an above average sleeper. And you can imagine that literally having any plans during the day make it 
difficult to get eight or nine hours of sleep. So I think the last time that I haven't been sleep deprived was probably summers in grade school. (laughs) And if you know me, you know that I can literally fall asleep anywhere. We have so many photos of me sleeping in public places because I think I'm just chronically sleep deprived. I'll say too, Sammy, when you were working, you would wake up early, go to work. For a large portion of time, you had an hour commute. And you would come home and you'd have to do notes into the nighttime. So a big difference here with your sabbatical is that you actually have a lot of time and you've actually gotten a lot of that time back and you don't have the same anxieties that you used to carry with your job. It's true. I used to literally crawl into my tent floor bed and pass out as soon as I zipped up the tent because that's how quickly I fell asleep. I didn't have to do any of the sleep hygiene tactics that I recommended to my patients because I would literally hit the floor when it was time to go to bed. (laughs) But one thing I've noticed about being on sabbatical is it's really important to practice good sleep hygiene because sleep doesn't come as easy when you have a more relaxed day and when you're getting enough sleep. I remember I was talking to our friend Arjun about my sleep and he's like, well, Almost every day that I've been hanging out with you, you are having a coffee in the (laughs) evening. (laughs) I'm like, yeah, that doesn't affect me. But no, it does affect me now that I get enough sleep. Before when I was sleep deprived, I could go to sleep even though I had a coffee. Now, any little thing can make it so that it's a little bit harder for me to go to sleep. So now I turn down the lights. I avoid the screens. I have a physical book to read. And I do all the proper things so that I can go to sleep easy. I love that, Sammy. And I think it's so important here to keep in mind that most people, especially when you're working full time, you have to go to an office, you have to work late, you have to carry a lot of stress on your brain. A lot of people are sleep deprived when they're working. It just happens. That's not even adding on to the fact that they might have kids to balance on top of that, taking care of parents hobbies, friends, literally anything. It's so hard when you have such a full day to get proper sleep. And I think what happens is that when people go on a sabbatical, sometimes they want to make up for that time. They want to stay up late. Maybe you want to go out with your friends late, or maybe you feel guilty if you sleep in. But I found it so important for me to just give myself a couple months to let my body sleep when it needed to sleep and re-regulate my sleep schedule. And the last thing I'm going to say about sleep is it is so important to have a regular wake time. Maybe in the beginning, let yourself sleep as late as you want to in the morning, just so you can get an idea of when you wake up. But after that, you still want to be waking up at the same time every single day. It doesn't have to be early, but it's really important to have that same wake time because that helps make sure that you're going to fall asleep at the same time every day as well. My recommendation is get some poor quality blinds like I have. So that way the sun hits you in the morning and there is no greater alarm clock. And let me tell you, there is a greater alarm clock (laughs) that I just bought. I'm so excited about it. It is a sun lamp, not the kind with the special lights that actually improve seasonal affective disorder, but with just a regular light that gradually becomes brighter over the course of an hour and wakes you up. Because let me tell you, in the desert, the sun would come up at like five (laughs) and here Eight o'clock, I'm like, is it up? I'm not even sure. 
So the sun lamp also helps me wake up a little bit earlier because it brightens my room. Sam, we just got to clip that and send it to them and bring them on as a partner because (laughs) I don't know anybody who stands the sun lamp more than you. (laughs) And that ties in really well to our second habit, which we grouped as having healthy habits. I'm talking about eating healthy and exercising, taking care of your physical health. And what was really interesting, Sammy, is we found this piece Seven Habits for a Happy Retirement from Kiblinger, which speaks specifically to older retirees. And they say that the majority of retirees say that good health is the most important ingredient for a happy retirement, according to a Merrill Lynch Age Wave report, which ties in exactly with what I've seen for myself, Sammy. I agree, Michelle. I personally noticed that once I went on sabbatical, I was drinking less water because I used to drink water when I would chart. And so when I'm at my desk, I would drink water. Now, I don't feel like I sit in the same place for like more than 10 minutes at a time. So water was not happening. So I had to pair up water drinking with Netflix. That's right. I'm participating in a small amount of visual media. That way I could drink water and relax and watch television at the same time and make sure I got hydrated every day. You could say you're Netflix and chill water. (laughs) (laughs) And great reminder, Sammy. People may or may not appreciate that. (laughs) (laughs) Sammy, one thing I love about having some time off is having the ability to cook my own meals, which allows me to eat healthy. And now that we live in a real town again, I have been exercising. I've been going to yoga, cycling, where they have little puppies. So a little endorphin hit, even while I'm doing my cycling. And just running. I didn't even think I cared that much about running outside. And I've been running outside and the leaves are changing colors. And I have all of these endorphins coming into my brain. And I'm listening to happy music. And I feel amazing. I'm not sure if you guys know this, but exercising feels pretty good. Especially once you've done it a few times and you can run longer than one minute. (laughs) (laughs) It's very true. And another funny thing is when I was working, even though I didn't have deliberate exercise, and even though I'm just at a clinic, so there's only a certain amount of space that I can even be exercising in, I did get quite a number of steps in during the day. Mm. And even with like one run, if it's like a two mile run, I'm not going to get in the steps that I would get in when I was at work. So I have to make that extra conscious effort to make sure that I'm walking a lot in addition to whatever little exercise I'm doing too. It's funny, Sammy, because our mom walks so many more steps than we do because she's just walking around a hospital a day. I do feel like if you're in healthcare and you leave your job, you do probably have to figure out a way to compensate for those steps. If you're in healthcare, you know you got the compression stockings, okay, because you want to avoid those varicose veins from being up on your feet on that hard, flat ground all day. You think Gen Z invented Crocs? (laughs) Nurses brought Crocs back. And while taking care of your physical health is important, it's also important, super important, to take care of your mind. And that is habit number three, having a meditation or spiritual practice. This is something that I wouldn't have expected, but what I found for myself and what I find when I talk to other people is that when you do take a work break, a sabbatical, a mini retirement, a real retirement, you have a lot of time to think And it's a lot of reflection. There was a big identity shift for me. I went from being this person in sales to being this person who doesn't work, had a lot of existential crisis. And 
I don't think it's a bad thing to go through that. I actually think it's really good. I think you finally have space to actually think about what's going on in your life. But I found that for me, having a journaling practice was so, 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 so helpful. Because otherwise, I would just sit there and I would think and think and think and I would have this anxiety. Like, what are these people thinking about me because I'm not working? What are my parents up to? What is my sister doing? Little things that just pop into your brain. And writing it down helped me, A, appreciate that that stuff was going on. B, let me work through some of that stuff because I actually wrote it down and could think through it. And C, when I go back and look at my journal, I'm like, oh, right. I remember I was working through some identity crisis. And now I can speak better to that now because I actually wrote it down. It's not like I'm like, oh, everything was hunky-dory the whole time. I had absolutely no problems. So meditation practice, spiritual practice, journaling practice, something that helps you breathe and take note of what's in your head is super helpful. I know many people told me that I might have an identity crisis when I go on sabbatical, which I so appreciated because when I would wake up sometimes and be like, oh, what's the purpose of today? I would remember this is the classic identity crisis that people were talking about. How cliche am I? I (laughs) might as well be a mug at HomeGoods saying live, laugh, love or me and Michelle's favorite. (laughs) You know what I'm talking about? In this kitchen, we dance. In this kitchen, we dance. We may purchase that one because we always say it and then we dance together in the kitchen. It's one of those things that we were making fun of, ironically, and then suddenly it stopped being ironic and we would say, in this kitchen, we dance. And then we would like dance. And now we're just a stereotype. We may have been tangoing with each other and we have too many windows to be doing that. (laughs) But yeah, I was as cliche as the home goods mug with my episodes of Lack of Purpose. I found one of the cures to this was actually cultivating an abundance mindset through gratitude practice. Every time I was grateful for something, I added to this document that I have that's called gratitude practice. And that way I can just pull that up and remember everything that I'm grateful for. Because on sabbatical, there's a lot to be grateful for. That reminder can help cure the scarcity that comes with losing your identity. Anything you can do to move away from a scarcity mindset to an abundance mindset when you're taking a sabbatical is going to be super helpful. A sabbatical, you a lot of times are leaving your job. Maybe that means you don't have income coming in the same way that you did before. And so it's easy to slip into a scarcity mindset. But in reality, there are so many things, I agree, Sammy, that we can be grateful for, the time, the energy, the health, wonderful, wonderful things like that, that I just like to remind myself of. And that also brings us to our fifth habit, which I think is have self-compassion. Be kind to yourself. When I left my job, I was not always kind to myself. I felt like I was lazy. I felt like, oh, I'm working on this podcast with my sister, but it doesn't take 40 hours a week. I'm not really doing anything. I'm at, at home with my parents. I just, you know, it's easy to beat up on yourself. And when I found the concept of self-compassion, which is really just like, I like to think of it as like holding yourself, loving yourself, and being kind to yourself. Like maybe you are having a negative thought, or maybe you're having a down day, or a day where you're not doing as much as you want. Or the flip side, some people like feel bad about being too productive or not relaxing. Whatever that is for you, have self-compassion. It will go so, so, so far. Sabbatical is a perfect time to practice that art. And this next habit, our sixth habit, For me, it may be the most important one after sleep, and that is keep it to four projects maximum. Oh, yes. As Charlie Gilkey says in his book, Start Finishing. 
Oh, yes. Michelle warned me about this before our sabbatical, and I'm glad she did because this has been so helpful. I have four projects, self-care, exercise, building community, and the podcast. Nothing else. Sometimes I'm like, maybe I should become a piano playing expert. Then I'm like, no, that's not part of the list. I decided salsa dancing is okay because it kind of fits under exercise. So it really helps me filter how I spend my time. Yes. And a project is anything that takes your time, energy, money. It doesn't have to be a job or a specific consulting gig or freelance project. It can be something like, hey, I'm moving across the country. This is going to take a lot of time, energy, and money. In fact, moving is like two projects at least. Moving is 100 projects. It's like actually all the four projects. (laughs) (laughs) If you're moving, just like don't do anything else during that time. There's a lot going on. But I agree, Sammy. And that's true. All of these really apply well, whether or not you're in a sabbatical, to be honest. I'm transitioning out. I've been doing freelance projects, which I really love. But I have to remind myself sometimes, like, don't overdo it. Don't take on 100 different things. Also want to talk to my friends. Also want to comment. Also want to hang out with you. Also want to go to yoga in the morning. Also want to spend time with my parents. Also want to check in on my parents' healthcare. Also need to check in on my own healthcare. There are a lot in our to-do list. And it's good (laughs) to have realistic expectations for yourself. Otherwise, you're not going to accomplish anything. And what I appreciate, Michelle, is there has to be at least one project that is a progressive project. That means a project where you're improving or getting better. Because with that lack of identity, sometimes we can feel like we're just totally stagnant. For example, self-care, it's not really like an improving project, although... If you felt my skin before and after, you would say maybe it is a progressive project, but it's more a checkbox project. It happened and I'm good. Versus exercise, working on the podcast, those are two progressive projects where I can set regular goals and see if things are improving. And this helps me with the identity and purpose as well. This is good, Sammy, because it's hard to say whether this is true for everybody But I imagine if you look at your values and you are a highly ambitious person, like a lot of the people who listen to this podcast, I'm not saying you have to be, but I just noticed a pattern. You probably do find fulfillment in being able to move in bettering yourself, which is probably why I listen to this podcast. And something I love, Sammy, that you mentioned in your projects is actually our number seven, also mentioned on the seven habits for a happy retirement. So cool to see we were aligned with that piece is that community, community, community. Whether you need one person or 10 people or 100 people, community is so, 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 so valuable during your time off. Let me tell you, Michelle, I was going through a phase where I was saying I was an introvert or an ambivert, not an extrovert. (laughs) When I was at work, I genuinely started to think that I was not an extrovert. Even though my little Myers-Briggs test always said, E for extrovert. I'm like, no, I'm not. I want to be alone. (laughs) What do you know, Mr. Myers and Mr. Briggs? Mrs. Myers, Mrs. Briggs? I would always tell my friends, once I retire or go on sabbatical, I'm going to spend two years alone and then I'll be ready to (laughs) hang out with people again. Ironically, I did do that. (laughs) (laughs) Let me tell you, turns out that's not true. Turns out I was just hanging out with too many people before. You know, my patients plus all the other people I was interacting with during the day. It was like I had no alone time. Now that I have most of my time back to myself, I'm like, no, I am an extrovert. I like to be around people regularly. I don't like to spend multiple days without seeing anybody. It feels a little odd. So 
when you get on sabbatical, you will definitely appreciate community a lot more because your day structure completely changes. And some people may want a sabbatical that involves more alone time and more alone projects, and that's totally okay. Recess it after you start the sabbatical. I'm telling you, I thought I would be one of those people and I'm not. <laughs> but even if that is truly you, that's okay. But it's still good to have a community that you can turn to now and then so that you feel included and that you feel like you have an outlet for your whatever's going on. Yeah, Sammy. And it doesn't have to be in person. It can be an online community, like my writing community, my small beds community, my find the others community. It can be anything that is aligned with your interest. I actually think one of the best parts of building community during my sabbatical is a lot of my community before that was really based off of what I was doing. My job in the most recent years, my school I didn't really get to pick my community based off of my interest, or I didn't really focus on that. But versus now, I feel like I can create a community that's really aligned with the things that I value and my interest. And I find that to be just so fulfilling. And it feels much more long-term too. Takeaways. Takeaways from this episode. Yes, you could say taking a sabbatical seems easy, but there are seven highly effective habits that can help make your sabbatical so much smoother. Seven Habits of Highly Effective Sabbaties by Samantha and Michelle Covey. <laughs> <laughs> One, sleep. Sleep. And be mindful that your sleep patterns, your sleep structure, your sleep needs may be different than when you were working. Charlie Gilkey actually told us off air when we were just chatting about taking sabbaticals after our interview with him that... Many people find their real chronotype when they leave their job. And so I definitely encourage you to explore what is your body telling you? What do I need if I'm not responding to having to wake up and hop in a meeting right away? Two, healthy habits. This includes eating healthy and exercising. Three, a mindfulness or spiritual practice. Four, Keeping an abundance mindset. Abundance. Five, self-compassion. Six, keep it to four projects only. Maximum. You can do three if you want to, but don't do more than four. If you do, we want to hear about how it went. <laughs> Throw in them, Sammy. <laughs> Seven, community. Let us know if there's anything that we missed. We would love to know if there's any habits that you've incorporated in your time off that has been really helpful. Or something that you're really looking forward to if you're planning a work break yourself. Let us know. Community time. Before we say goodbye, it's time for our community time. And let me tell you, we could do an entire episode. In fact, we probably at some point should do an episode update on our community because it is growing. It's working, people. If you didn't listen to the Build a Community episode, we will link to it in the show notes because that works. Friendship Recession, I think, is the one? Yes, the Friendship Recession episode. Totally agree, Sammy. It's like crazy how busy we are. It's crazy how popular we are. We went. It's totally crazy. We went to three meetups just this weekend. It's totally crazy and 100% strategic. <laughs> it's like totally crazy and also not random at all. And we are crazy in how committed we are to it. <laughs> we went to two meetups this week. One was hosted by us, so technically three meetups. And now we are planning our own events. If you are in Charleston, South Carolina, we will be hosting a 
five friends meet up. And in the beginning of December, we are going to be having an ugly sweater party. That's right. And we're doing these two-hour cocktail party style. So we've got to let Nick Gray know we're finally throwing our two-hour cocktail party. Heck, you know, you want to come and visit us for our parties? Yes. You know what? Open invite. Who cares? You're invited. And our friends have been following the two-hour cocktail structure as well. One of them just hosted a two-hour cocktail style party this past Friday. It went so well. Like everybody felt included. Everybody got to talk to each other. His strategies really do work. It's interesting, Sammy, because we've been going to so many meetups and they've honestly been really well run. But I do notice when people add in things like, say, the name tags or the really structured time or icebreakers or intro, those little things do make a really big difference. Like you can see why conceptually, but when they're missing, for example, we went to one where it was really positive, but the host wasn't there yet. So we sort of entered a new group, but weren't really introduced to anybody. It wasn't anybody's fault, but it did make joining the group feel a lot more awkward because we were like, oh, everybody else kind of knows each other. And how do we really like hop into the conversations? And it was fine. Like, luckily, you know, we mingle, we figure it out. We had a great time. But I do notice how those little details make a huge difference. So definitely check out the two-hour cocktail party. Yes. We'll link to our episode and the book because the book is so prescriptive. It's amazing. Shout outs from our community, Sammy. Michael said that our most recent episode on the Phi number inspired him to trace back his fire roots, which he said was kind of funny when he looked into it. (laughs) I think it is funny because when I look back at my own journey, and I think this is true for everybody, we have a story we tell when we end up in the final destination, but the journey is not a straight line. For me, Mm -hmm. I got fired. I was living at home for a year. I lived in friggin middle of nowhere desert (laughs) it is funny like we all have very unique experiences and I think once you start to think outside of the status quo you start to do weird things and it's cool to reflect back on it so happy to hear that Michael and in regards to our last episode Wesley on Instagram said that he totally agrees it's better to learn the financial values of five and put them into practice Then forget about Phi altogether while you focus on living your life. Happiness does not come from hitting Phi. 100%. It's a journey, not the destination, people. That's why we've thrown out the destination. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know what you guys think, buildawealthyspirit.com. We love your comments on our sub stack. Let us know what you're thinking about this episode, Seven Seven Habits of Highly Effective Sabbaties. We want to know what you are thinking. Do we miss any? Are there any of these that super resonated? Are there any of these that you didn't know but are putting into practice? Let us know. We'd love to hear from you. Or our Instagram is popping right now at Build Wealthy Spirit Podcast. And most importantly, be sure to join us next week as we put down the rule book and we rethink the status quo. Mm-hmm.